For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're live, by the way, but we, no, we are live on the Believe in Monsters podcast on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, September 15th. We, uh, we, we postponed our, 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 our episode by one night so we could quell our emotions after week one. A massive, massive loss to the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Huge disappointment. Uh, I want to welcome you into our next episode, our week two preview, our week one wrap-up, week two preview on the Believe in Monsters podcast. You can follow my co-host, Chris Krogman, at ShyBears1985, and Lucas Berry, at Elberry underscore 40. I'm Joe Gaither, and you can follow me on the Twitter, at JoeGaither6. And, uh, yeah, we're here commiserating over the Bears' huge loss to the Rams. What was it, uh, 14, 30, 30, what is it, 30-something 30, uh, 30, 30 to 14, 34 to 14? 20 point loss uh a big fat l and uh i'm gonna turn it over to my co-host real quick and give them each a chance to uh give their instant reaction to the bears big loss chris give us uh two minutes on your reaction to the bears big loss before we get into kind of specific topics um i mean yeah i said it was could be a bears win um this rams team could also be very very good uh the broadcast talked about it a lot stafford and mcveigh together could be a killer combo uh, i know lucas isn't the biggest stafford fan thinks he can't close games and that's completely fair but he's had a a, a talent pool around him that's been garbage the uh instant reaction is this team looks scary bad uh, the Bears may be in for a very long season if the Rams aren't a Super Bowl contender, which if they are, Bears were in it for a little while. I mean, halftime wasn't, you know, we were we were in it for a little bit uh, outside of some busted plays and some garbage time TDs. Uh, there were some positives, but not ones that don't include a Justin Fields at QB one going forward that I want to talk about Lucas. How sad are you, sir? I wouldn't say I'm sad. I know it sounded like Joe was a little sad with the opener there. And uh, Chris, I'm kind of surprised to hear you saying this, this early. I mean, after all, at the end of the day, whether the Rams are good or not good, it's, it's only week one. And we've seen, how many week one just weird things happen in previous years? Like last year, who did, who did Jacksonville beat in week one? Jacksonville beat the Colts, I think, 27-24 week one. People are like, oh, yeah, Jacksonville might be good, blah, blah, blah. It's a long season. The Bears have time to figure some stuff out. I don't think they're going to be 
terrible this year, but they might be a little worse than we expected. I mean, I know we said kind of between seven to nine wins. I still think that seven win range is probably realistic for this team. I think they're they they do have a little too much talent to be I think horrible, but uh, it's really going to come down to if the defense figures it out and uh, you know how how fast you know how long it takes this offense to gel and really that'll revolve around the play calling and the QB decision and uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but you know my biggest takeaway is obviously you know what what the f happened to Eddie Jackson quite the fall from grace for that guy. I've been saying, I said all last week, I said he's the key to this game. And what happened? He was the key for the game just in the opposite direction. He played absolutely terrible, as did to Sean Gibson. And uh, the corners were a pleasant surprise besides the nickel corner. And, uh, yeah, the play calling was just bad. I mean, Chris, we've been, we've been defending Nagy, but I can't. I, I understand the game plan, but I can't defend this. Like, it was just bad. It was all right. So what what bothers me about this is like, I think the Bears' offense looked much better than it has in previous years, and they still only scored fourteen points, and that's an issue. Like, they didn't go three and out all game. That was impressive. They put together long ass drives. They ran the ball efficiently versus a solid defensive line. Granted, the Rams gave that to them, but they were putting together drives. But still, they only scored 14 points. I mean, I don't know. That just, to me, falls on Nagy. I think it was a terribly called game. No, I mean, Lucas, The game plan worked. It was just like, they don't open it up ever. I mean, you're you're right. I, I, I am jumping the gun a little bit, and I think... I'm the pendulum is just swinging a little bit for me because I was, you know, I'm very optimistic fan, especially when the season starts, I, you know, very high on my team and, and think the best of, you know, everybody, whether it's pace or Nagy or uh, Desai or Eddie Jokeson or, uh, you know, to Sean Gibson or any of these guys, I'm, I'm high on my team and I like my dudes. Uh, and you're right. The but I mean, I, I think it does matter if the if the Rams are good or bad. But you know, Joe and I have talked about this that the Bears start slow every year under Nagy. Uh, they just come out kind of lackadaisical. Uh, the things that were actually a positive that you know we had discussed is we didn't see a ton of penalties, which was good. I mean, we did have some stupid penalties, but we didn't see a whole lot of them. Uh, and like you said, Lucas, with uh, them being able to put together drives, they were in the Rams territory, I think on almost every drive. I don't know how many red zone possessions they had. Uh, they could have been kicking field goals as well. I think they were 0 for 4 on fourth down tries, which, you know, at some point in the game, they absolutely had to do it because they were down so big. I think that what the fourth and 17 or whatever is when they were down by 20 plus already so they kind of had to go for it but you're right yeah you called them, it the one of them was a the one of them was a, a a good design play in my opinion dalton just completely missed the wide open cold command over the middle the i was told if you could read it, defenses the joe hit this on the head and i'll let joe elaborate on this but andy dalton is basically the same guy we've seen be a bears quarterback for the past few years i mean he basically on the it was the I believe it was the first fourth down. He stared down a Rob in bracket coverage on fourth and two or fourth and three, 
try to fit it in a tight window and he didn't even he threw it behind him and then meanwhile you see cole Komet just sneak around like the play design was there it was a wide open easy first down cole Komet even had some room to run and dalton just tried to force feed it to a robin i mean it's just annoying so it's there's a lot of blame to go around but like certain things like that is just like okay Nagy called a good play and the quarterback blew it on those types of plays, how much do you how much reading do you think the quarterback is allotted? And, and what I mean is like, very okay, little. very little. This this Rams team is coming at us. It's fourth and two. Uh, we want to get the ball out quickly. You know, if the first read's not there, chuck it away or whatever. Don't even look at your second read or force it into your Allen Robinson. He he can he can he can make the play. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. We we don't actually know. And Nagy's, you know, the play design is probably definitely look at Robinson first. He's your best offensive player. Maybe, maybe not anymore. Montgomery's catching up to him. But regardless, I mean, Komet is right in front of him. It's not even like he's on the other side of the field. He's just sitting in an empty hole. You have to see that. Like, there's just no excuse for him not making that throw. But, Joe, I'll let you elaborate on I mean, Dalton looks like the same Bears quarterback we've seen the past few years, whether it's Foles, Trubisky, Glennon, whatever, whatever it may be. Trubisky's probably the best out of that bunch. Yeah, and what is that? the most upside out of that bunch. Yes, but definitely the most upside out of that bunch. You look at Glennon, you look at Foles, you look at what Andy Dalton are, they're all they're all the same guy. And I don't know. I just get to feel you know I get the feeling that, you know, Matt Nagy understands his quarterback's deficiencies. And that's a good thing uh, for a coach to understand what your quarterback can and cannot do. But I just feel like he pigeonhole, pigeonholes himself into game plans where we are, you know, there's no deep shots. What did he, he, he was the only quarterback in the league to not have a 15 yard pass uh, this past this past week. Uh, there was yeah. nothing down the field at all. It was all you know, here. Let's get two yards. Here, let's get four yards. Here, let's get six yards. You know, uh, and, and, and really, I, I'm 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 losing faith as a as as a fan of as a fan of Nagy. And and I'm like you, Chris. I'm I'm the optimist fan who thinks that you know, I want to believe that there's a way to beat the Bengals this pat this coming up week. I want to believe that you know it's just a matter of uh it's just a matter of uh putting things together and cleaning up a few mistakes and this team can really put things uh, get things on track and win. I'm, I'm, I'm always a big time optimist. I, even with Andy Dalton uh, behind, behind center, I just am losing faith in the, in, in the coach. I'm losing faith in, uh, in, in, in the ability to implement a game plan and the ability to implement effective game planning uh, to, to challenge the other team. It's, I, I yeah I'm right there with you I think you know to to play devil's advocate as far as you know I, I don't disagree that we should have taken some deep shots however if you know the game plan is what it is and we score points does it matter how many deep shots we'd have taken I mean if we grind it all the way down the field and we punch it in it doesn't matter how many deep shots. No, we it take. doesn't matter if, how but, you get it done. But but the fact is, you, I, I feel like you make it easier 14, on the defense. 14. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the game plan obviously didn't work. We scored 14. No, so. no. But they also I mean, stopped that's... doing shit that was working. You know, they stopped going to Montgomery. Like running the ball. I, I yeah. don't think Montgomery got hardly any red zone carries. Even when he, like, like look at his touchdown run. Aaron Donald had him dead to rights, and he, and everybody on that line missed their damn block, and David Montgomery still scored. And you don't give him the ball every time in the red zone it, it it boggles my mind i you know as a you know i won't call myself a naggy defender per se like i but i try to look at the positive things he does but i've definitely spoken up about you know what i've been displeased with in his inability to use mismatches uh you know everybody this week is talking about how jimmy graham only had 14 snaps and we paid him all this money that's all well and good that sucks ass but the one time you did use him, he dominated Jalen Ramsey and was the only guy who could match up well with Ramsey. So please explain to me why that matchup was not exploited more, Matt Nagy, or, you know, explain to me why David Montgomery wasn't in that stretch zone and cut it back for 42 yards like he did on the first fucking play of the game. Explain that to me. Explain to me why we only had four play action passes the entire game when that is the stuff that works in the NFL nowadays. Yeah, I that's mean, where Chris, a lot of my frustration lies. It's you know the the deep shots is just like the low hanging fruit. Like okay, they didn't throw any, so that's what we're going to go after. But to your point, you're right. I mean, even if you eliminate the deep shots, whatever the Rams, let's just say they have the greatest secondary to ever live. You don't even want to think about it. Just keep running the damn ball. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see you're averaging five, six yards a clip. Even Damian Williams looked pretty good back there. And if you wanted to run the ball 50 times, you could give Herbert some carries. And I think you'd be fine with the way the Rams are playing the box. And you know what? Once you start running and you keep running down their throat, and when you do punch the ball in the end zone eventually, those corners start to cheat up. And those guys like Ramsey start to get a little antsy and start – that's when you take your deep shot. But again, it all goes back to your game plan was only short passes. You only ran four play actions. It's just predictable. It's very, the defense just knew what was coming. And if you got behind the sticks ever, you were done. So no matter what way you look at it, I mean, it falls on the coach. Deep shots, running the ball, whatever. It all falls on Nagy. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. And to your point, Lucas, you know, even if the Rams have the greatest secondary ever and they don't even need to have the talent, it's the scheme where they're trying to basically, you know, Brandon Staley called putting a hat on the defense or putting a shell on the offense where he basically just runs like a dome over the top. That's all well and good. But like you said, Lucas, continue to pound the rock and then you run play action and you got a 15 yard in and those safeties can still be behind it. But that's still a threat. And now you're moving the ball at big clips and you're running it and you're getting it into the red zone where you could use mismatches like Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham and continue to pound the rock inside. And you just didn't. And I just like, I just don't even see a path. Yeah. So to what Joe said earlier, how kind of, you know, everyone's turning on that game. I mean, from what we heard today, it's, it sounds like the team is also, I mean, this is something we talked about in the offseason, Chris. We said Matt Nagy's biggest trait, his biggest thing that he does well is he holds the locker room together. 
if he loses that locker room, he is a dead man walking. Like, mm-hmm. if if Bears fans want to see this guy fired, they're going to keep rooting for the shit to happen. I mean, we heard three or four quotes already this week. One from his offensive coordinator, one from Marquise Goodwin. Just a lot of quotes this week about subtle shots at Nagy, and it's not the first time. I mean, we obviously heard Foles mouthing off this weekend. It's not looking great. It is not looking good. What did Marquise Goodwin says? He said, you know, we didn't run anything past 10 yards, but not in his control. Even, I mean, even A-Rob had a, a, had a mini quotes similar where he said, you know, he understood the game plan and he understood, you know, we were trying to get the ball out quick and, and do something, something, I guess was his, like, was kind of the like weird word. I, I took out of it like, well, you guess, like, what do you mean you guess? You you should know the game plan. You're the wide receiver. You know, your wide receiver won. Uh, it sounded to me like he might have disagreed with that that game plan. And he, you know, walked off the field shaking his head several times. And I don't I don't really blame him. And I man, if the Bears, you know, we talked about this not too long ago. If the Bears, you know, stay true to what they they have always done and not and Nagy continues down this path, and we continue to see this team just start 0 and 5, 6, 7, 8, oh, and he's God. not fired because that's how the Bears have always done things. You're going to lose not just the locker room, you're going to lose your ability to sign free agents. Alan Robinson's going to be like, look, I don't care if you have Justin Fields or not. I'm not, I'm not coming back to this dysfunction. So, I mean. No. They better get their right. shit together, or it's 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 gonna be a long well, fucking well, five here's years. The, here's the thing is- I'll tell you what, I don't I don't want to. Joe, I'll let you I'll let you talk in a second, but I don't want to be that guy. But this week is a must win. If the Bears lose this game to the Bengals, it is going to be a shit storm. This is a game they should win. It's the home opener. This Bengals team is good, but they're not that good. That I mean, they have some weapons on offense, but. The defense isn't great, and their offensive line is fucking terrible. If the Bears lose this week, this shit is going to get blown up. Because you play the Browns next week, and I don't like your chances versus them. That is a damn good football team. The Bears have to win this game this week. 100%. They have to win this. Or, I agree or with you on that. But it, or the locker room will implode. Well, here's the thing with the last, and probably the last thing I've got on last week's game plan with the Rams. Why do you sign, and why do you turn the the, the focus of the wide receiver room into speed, 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 speed? speed. If you're just going to for throw the Fields. ball four yards a pop, five yards a pop, six yards a pop, just underneath oh. bull crap. And I know we're we're trying to get set up for Fields in the future, but like. It, it just doesn't make sense. It, 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 I was sitting there watching it and just like, and, and yes, we did have the the, the one good drive, and I, but it was just infuriating to watch. Infuriating. These bubble screens are infuriating to watch. Well, yeah, I mean, when's the last time any of them have ever, ever worked on your thing? You're ever. asking, well, the fucking, the way a bubble screen works is the threat of a deep shot. If you have no threat of a deep shot, they can pr- play press on you. And then guys like that are 
tiny little midgets who are fast as hell, Demir Bird, has to make a key block, and that dude can't do it against a freaking 6'2", 220 Jalen Ramsey. Sorry, that ain't going to happen. Or you're asking old man freaking Jason Peters to get out in the flat and make a block that he can't do anymore. He's too old. He's too slow. He just got off a fishing boat. Yeah. All right, let's spin it, it forward. Is, uh... And Luke just said it. This week is a must win. This week's a must win. So uh, we're going to talk about keys to the game and keys to make it happen. What can we do to win the game? What can we do to come away with a W? Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll start with Luke. I'll give you a chance to kind of chew on this. We've got, what are we, a three-point favorite the last time I looked? Uh, the, the the Bengals they, they won last week, didn't they? Uh, they, they, they beat they, they beat the Vikings. Yes, they, they beat, beat the Vikings. Vikings. It was close, I believe. It was overtime, right? Uh, let's pull up the last week's score. Uh, Jamar Chase put, put really put on a, a good show, despite really what uh what he showed in, in the preseason. And they looked like uh, they look like a, a, a team that you know is gonna come into Soldier Field ready to play. Joe Burrow. They got their man. They got T. Higgins. They got they, they got a pretty good little squad right now. The lines moved to the Bears minus two and a half, so it's it's trending closer to a pick. Uh, Luke, what do you think the Bears have to do to come away with a win right here against the Bengals? Well, like we said, I I said it earlier. That I offensive line time. is terrible. The Bears need to dominate up front. The Bears front seven needs to go nuts. And I know people, you know, Khalil Mack is, he's fantastic. He does a lot of things well that go unnoticed, but my God, he is the best player on the bears defense and he needs to show up on the stat sheet this week. I don't care. I understand. I know football. I understand. They don't run toward him. They don't do anything toward Khalil Mack. And and obviously if you see Robert Quinn out there, you're going to run toward him every fucking time. Okay. I got it. Regardless. Khalil Mack needs to play like he's one of the best players in the world because he is. He needs to show up. He needs to have a multiple sack game. He needs to get in Joe Burrow's ear all freaking game. I mean, I've said this to people online. They're like, oh, Khalil Mack does this or that. He gets triple team. He gets quadruple team. So does Aaron Donald. And you know what? He finds a way to get a sack almost every week. You do, You just, when you're that good, you find a way. And I mean, I hope the Bears just need someone to step up. And I'm putting it on Mack just because I feel like He's gotten off the hook kind of with people saying, oh, he's been injured or he does this or he does that. Show up on the stat sheet, man. I want to see a game like you had in Green Bay the first week we brought you here where you're getting strip sacks, you're knocking the ball out, you're doing all kinds. Like, we need that Cleo Mack back. We need that kind of energy back on this defense. And, uh, I mean, Joe Mixon was last week's leading rusher. David Montgomery was behind him. So I'm not really scared of the Bengals' rushing attack. I think the Bears with Eddie Goldman back and Akeem Hicks can slow it down pretty easily. But for me, it's the D line. I mean, if they get pressure on Burrow, it won't matter how bad the secondary is if they're going to be in his face all game. Chris? Joe Burrow was 20 of 27 last week, uh, passing for 261 with two touchdowns. They really relied on Joe Mixon a lot, rushing him 29 times for 127 yards. So to your point, David Montgomery only had 16 carries. The man had 13 more carries than Demo. Uh, so got to slow down that running game and get some pressure on, on Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> the, fun, the funny thing is, you know, we talked about keys to the game last week, and – 
I basically said it, keep the ball away from the Rams, you know, win the get the the time of possession and so on and so forth, which we did all that shit. Uh we had 35, you know, 35 minutes to 24 minutes. The problem was they killed us on the deep ball. Um, but same thing with the the Bengals, man. You got to keep it out of that offense, um, who is pretty good outside that offensive line. Uh, it, it, Lucas, to your point, Khalil Mack needs to show up. He was hurt last year, four different injuries, still played 80% of the snaps, which is fantastic. But he just doesn't seem to have the same fire that he had that first year here. And I don't know if he's just if his body's just breaking down on him or what's going on. But like even in Oakland, where he had nobody helping him, he was still putting numbers up. And, you know, when he first came to the Bears as a you know former defensive player of the year, there was Hall of Fame talk and he's never put up a Hall of Fame season in my i mean he hasn't had over what 16 sacks in one single season in his entire career he is the king of the non-stat sheet kind of style of play he is in my opinion i think he's overrated as a pass rusher overall he doesn't put up big stack numbers normally ever but so with the way he plays football and i totally understand what you're saying you know they chip block him they double triple team him a lot he's not going to put up stat sheet stats uh and if if that's going to happen to your khalil mack type guy then you need somebody else uh to you know win their one-on-ones which historically it's been akeem hicks who's also getting old and isn't really able to do what he used to do and then ryan pace went out and spent a stupid amount of money on robert quinn who is mia i mean cannot get it done i'd rather see trevis gibson out there uh and Bilal nichols didn't really have much of a game either um against a rams o-line that is just okay in my opinion they're not fantastic um you know they got wit wit What's the old boy's name? Andrew Whitworth over there at left tackle. He's also 39 years old. So what, like, you tell me Khalil Mack couldn't beat a 39-year-old Andrew Whitworth? And Akeem, Hacks, Akeem Hicks got the sack, and Queen got credited with the half a sack, but I don't even know if he was anywhere near that. So why they gave that to him is beyond me. But Robert Quinn looks like he's not – gonna be much this year and i'd rather see trevis gibson or his run his run stuffing is terrible like his i don't know if his football iq is just bad like you've seen him completely run the wrong direction right past guys like it's it's just so bad he went to north carolina they produced mitch trubisky that's that's all you need to say (laughs) they dude they need seriously i i really think the bears need to just dominate this game up front and with the offense, I mean, Joe, I'll let you take it over then, but someone said this, and it's a good point. Matt Nagy does have a tendency to kind of overcompensate when he gets called out for something. So I'm not going to be shocked to see the Bears throwing deep a lot of Dalton this week. And I'll probably throw two or three picks doing it, but I really, Matt Nagy will do it now. But this is what he does. He does. He'll, he'll do something, he'll get called out for it, and the next week you'll see a million passes downfield 
which will be terrible, but at least he'll uncork it. And you know what? Honest to God, I'd rather see that. Versus, How, what, but, do you have to, what do you have to fucking lose at this point? Like, if he's that bad, I want them to get booed off that field and bring in Justin Fields. I like, agree with you there. Un, uncork the damn ball, and if he sucks, fucking bench him. Because that's what it is. Uh, run a real offense un, uncuffed, un, un, unhooked. It seems like his entire time that he's been in Chicago, he has run offenses and had offensive game plans that have been limited Not uh, by, by his own doing. Yes, he's, he's, he's eliminated plays before the other defense has even had a chance to try to take it away. He's taken it away themselves. Run a full offensive game plan, and if Andy Dalton sucks and we just have to put in fields, well, by golly bear down like that's okay uh you run a full offense is what i want to see Uh, and that's what i've been so frustrated about uh not only last week against the rams but but over the course of time with matt Nagy is just taking things off the table himself uh kind of thinking you know okay we're not going to use this bullet we're not going to use that bullet only these three but you know bullets will work so we're going to use them and it just makes things easier on a defense. Uh, I'm ready uh, to just say fuck it and run a real just just run a real game plan. Run run a full game plan. Speaking of bullets, I have three bullet points to uh, discuss on what you're talking about. Oh yes, go for it. Number one, uh, he has. You're not wrong in that he limits himself in shutting down his you know plays of his playbook predetermining things and that started in my opinion with Mitch Trubisky who very much limited what he could do he couldn't take deep shots because Mitch couldn't hit the broads out of a fucking barn when he threw past 20 yards uh he limited with Foles because Foles would hold the goddamn ball so long try to hit that deep shot that he'd get sacked to make his very shitty of offensive line last year look even worse so that limits the playbook uh where he you know limits it himself badly is with the running game which is an andy tree or andy reed tree issue in my opinion but you have to be able to overcome those things so as far as limiting and then you know getting into this year with Andy Dalton I think he's not the same guy that we've seen he at least has the football intelligence that Mitch didn't have he gets rid of the ball quickly which Foles didn't have he just can't throw it deep anymore. He just can't throw the ball downfield anymore. So that's his big limitation. So that does take, you know, plays out of the playbook and Nagy's like, all right, fuck it. It ain't going to work. So he does. He, he just throws it out the window, which is the wrong plan. So guess what? Now you have a dude back there that has everything that I just said. He has the deep ball. He has the football intelligence. He can get rid of the ball quickly, and when he can't, he can scramble and make something happen. And you're you're limiting your own playbook based on your stubbornness to stick to this plan. You know, I defended your whole promise bullshit. Was really hoping to see Fields come out and be the second-half starter. It didn't happen. If we don't see Fields by, like, minimum the Detroit game week four I'm I'm all out and I will I will join the I hate Matt Nagy train and just destroy this dude for the rest of the year but I still have faith that he's gonna get it done and and fix it but Luke to your point with you know he'll that's what he does is you know he gets criticized and then turns around and 
and does exactly what he's being criticized for a bunch how childish and stupid how unprofessional like you're gonna let other people dictate how you coach based on their criticisms bro fucking put fields in then everybody tell him to put fields in idiot i mean they're starting to they're starting to i think pete the, the pressure is starting to mount and the fact that this is going to be a home game there is going to be zero remorse for Andy Dalton and that offense if they come out and, and flounder. I mean, that crowd is restless. The people oh. in Chicago are already fucking restless, but first real home game, my God, it is going to be bad. Like, they I feel. Put first drive in the end, I, I think. I feel bad for Andy. Andy Dalton's a dead. Like, he's in a terrible situation, honestly. He's not the man we should be mad at, but he is the man that is going to get all the fucking heat. And you know well, what? And that's the thing is God like bless he, your soul, man. You're a ten year pro. You're gonna take it, but woo, he doesn't deserve get it. Scorched on Sunday, and he's not the one that's gonna be getting booed. I mean, in the hearts of Bears fans, that's not where their boos are, are coming from. They're be, right? They're gonna, it's they're yeah. mad at Nagy. Uh, how you know? Speaking of like the home game, and how weird is it that we don't have a back to back home game or road game this entire year? Every it's every other week. Like, can you imagine if they played two or three straight games at home and they just had to just deal with this nonstop? I mean, Bears fans travel well, but like, how fucking weird is it that we don't have back-to-back home games the whole year? Uh, yeah, I don't remember the last time it happened. I feel like there's always one or there's normally at least one back-to-back home game then back-to-back road games. yeah even i mean there's even times where you go on like a three-game road trip or have a three-game home stand and now we like this is just the nfl scheduling weird or maybe matt Nagy like gave roger goodell the old reach around and said hey bro i can't have two home games in a row this year they'll kill me yeah, i don't know man but but that that but that pressure is mounting for sure and you know honestly it, it really could influence his decision eventually if they just they have to win this game. They really do. I there's no other way to put it. The Bengals are the Bengals are, in my opinion, just an average football team. Probably yeah. below average overall. I mean, they, they have some weapons, but they're very beatable. They're very, very beatable. Makes me uncomfortable to think about uh the offense coming out and going three and out two drives in a row, or you know, going out picking up a first down and then going out, going you know, having a punt. Makes me uncomfortable to think about because I I, I want to be the optimistic fan, but I know in my heart I'll be dog cussing them in the living room all the way down here in Alabama. I'll be dog cussing myself in the in, in the living room, and you know I just don't have a good feeling about this week or you know the the outlook on the rest of the season while while, while Matt Nagy's in charge. Uh, I don't feel good about the attention to detail. I don't feel good about. Uh, the you know the offensive game plan, the implementation of a game plan, the ability to adjust. I don't feel good about the ability to 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 have a team ready to play, uh, ready up at a level of intensity that that's ready ready to make plays, ready to be aggressive on defense. You know, we talk about Eddie Jackson, all hey, all the DBs can tackle, but not when they can't play the ball. Dude, son of a gun. Thank you. You better you you better ta- start tackling, but but that's just an attitude thing, and that's just on co- on the coaching. I mean, it's on the players also, but it's all but it's on coaching on getting them ready to play and get them me- mentally ready. You know, Eddie Jackson does this. I'm going to go catch the ball carrier bullshit, 
and instead he, he he plays so high you know he, he's never he's never he's never playing down in an athletic stance anymore he's just playing so high and that's how he's getting juked out of these out of these uh out of these, out of these ball by these ball carriers but that's on coaching you know you gotta be you gotta be able to see that you gotta be able to like and i'm an amateur down here watching watching thousands of miles away you know thousands hundred miles away you know you got to be able to, you know, but I have no faith in this co- in this coaching staff right now. So with the outlook on the rest of the year, I'm so sorry for any about. We just spoke about Matt Nagy. I mean, how how worried are you guys about Desai and his defense? I mean, if I recall correctly, Van Judy's first two games under John Fox were not great, but um, I mean that defense wasn't nearly as talented, obviously. So. But he he did not get off to a great start in Chicago. I mean, how worried are you guys about the sign his defense, or do you think it's more so? Frankly, in my opinion, I think the burden of this is more on the safeties than it is on Desai himself. I mean, there is no excuse for Eddie Jackson to be that bad in this defense specifically, yeah. where Desai has been his coach for multiple years. I don't know if he got too comfortable or what, but in my opinion, I'm more little more upset at Eddie Jackson than I am the actual scheme and decide himself, but I'll let you guys. Uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's right there in, in, involved in the system, like involved in the problem. Eddie is not paying attention, not doing the little things right. He's not doing the details right. He's not, you know, backpedaling in his stance. You know, he. he I mean, it's it's just you can see it when he comes up to try to tackle people. The the level of his hips are, are just too high, which is which is, it says lazy to me. And he's going to try to. And I know the modern way to tackle is not to stick your head in and target and to catch, you know, kind of wrap up and catch the guy. That is the modern way, kind of the rugby style tackle. I understand that, but you got to put your body in a position to make those plays. And, you know, not only that, you, you got to have some awareness as, as you're getting burned, you know, you take away those two, somebody said, I think Chris, you said, Oh, you take away those two, those two big plays and, you know, we're right in the game. And I guess you're right there, but those two big plays still happen. And that's a, it's a sense of awareness. Eddie's just not paying attention to the details. Uh, he, he's not paying attention to, you know, just the little things that it takes to to, to be uh, to, to be successful in this league and to be and to be uh, consistently successful in this league. And so it's just a little example of the whole problem on the whole team. Uh, I I think you know. The two big plays, the you know some of the the guys on Twitter that I you know trust as far as their secondary analysis, um, put the first one on uh, to Sean Gibson. You know it was his guy that got passed off to him, and then the second one I think was Eddie Jackson who was supposed to take the pass off from his cornerback. Um, the the big letdown was them not touching Van Jefferson down. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but to your point, Joe, I mean, one of the things that made Eddie Jackson so awesome was his football IQ. He his interceptions, you know, that that came in his first two years 
or three years were just very, very intelligent football plays. He was able to sit back, uh, see everything in front of him, and then use his athletic ability to manipulate quarterbacks into throwing stupid mistakes and and taking the ball away and you know that whole video came out where he was you know talking about how anybody can tackle you know taking the ball away is where it's at and you know there that there's there's something to be said about that he's not wrong sure anybody should be able to tackle not you eddie you can't tackle you used to be able to tackle i remember when you'd come flying through the line of scrimmage and, and smack somebody in the mouth if it was even below their hips or whatever, that'd be fine with me. I don't give a shit how you take them, take them down, but you used to be able to tackle. Now you just, you look like you're just trying to hug somebody or or whatever. Like, like what was that one that he was like a sweep outside or like a bubble screen. And he just kind of like scooted by the guy and tried to like grab him and throw him down and just kind of just walked on by him. I mean, I was bubble screen out the cup, wasn't it? And, and, yeah. and he had the angle on him, and he, and and cup kind of slowed down and, and cut back on him, and he just missed him. He caught him as he missed him. It's the catch that's irritating as hell. It's the it's uh, the it's. I, I, I hate to say it when players get paid, they 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 stop playing the way they used to, but it really feels like he got paid and stopped really putting in the extra work stop being aggressive like he was uh has just really made some just stupid stupid plays like how do you not touch somebody down when they're laying on the ground you don't even have to tackle the guy you just got to touch him like i just i just don't understand like like could he like could could Pagano have fucked him up so bad that he doesn't remember how to like be a center fielder free safety? I mean, I just can't see that being a thing. I mean, nope. maybe he needs to go back to I Alabama think- for a weekend and learn from Saban again. Oh, God. Listen, has he really been the same since he got hurt in that Eagles game or before that Eagles game in the Packers game? And I don't really remember him that after that season, after that injury, my opinion, he hasn't been the same. I mean, it's been a new scheme, sure. I also think, you know, it's easy to be a prisoner of the moment and say, you know, Eddie Jackson's out of position. He's not playing well because of Pagano, but really, maybe he's just not playing well because of all the little things we just named. I mean, but back to the back to the original point, Chris. I mean, do you think this is a Desai issue? Are you worried about Desai moving forward, or do you think this is just a little hiccup that they'll be able to get worked out on defense? So I have two things to that I've been thinking about with the side. And one is that he's going to run more of that Fangio scheme and maybe it'll just take him a little while to kind of get comfortable. You know, kind of like you mentioned, Fangio got lit up, you know, at first when he got here and then it kind of, kind of shut down and plus they kind of run that same kind of shell type keep everything in front of you you know wait for the offense to make a mistake and take the ball away type defense um but the other concern is you know he's been the position coach of the safeties for the last few years and those safeties have not looked great so is that on him i mean i don't know i'm 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 waiting to see if Desai can pull it out of his ass. I mean, I don't think it's the scheme. 
necessarily outside of the safeties i think the rest of the secondary played okay you know vildor didn't get his name called a bunch which is good uh jalen jackson had that nice pass breakup which was apparently the only pass breakup of the whole game he he only gave up 15 yards all game i mean that's i mean that's fantastic i mean i robert woods was basically non-existent Johnson um, has Johnson has the makeup to be a pro ball caliber cornerback in my opinion. For sure. They, and, the Rams and, just, they purely killed us from the slot. I mean, all the I don't understand. Top. I well, I mean, it, it it's not like it was like slot slants and shit like that. It was deep balls, like which to me lends to the safeties not doing their job. I mean, I know oh, that Marquis Christian wasn't great, but we suck. Yeah, I like I get like I'm kind of confused why Duke Shelley wasn't playing. I mean, I'm not saying Duke Shelley would have made a big difference, but he's not even on the injury report this week. So what the what the fuck? Like, why didn't he even play? I don't know, man. The Bears have the Bears have had major issues in the slot since they really got rid of Callahan. I mean, Buster Screen was all right, but Callahan was awesome. I mean, really, that that might be another thing. I mean, for this specific type of defense, maybe you need a really good slot corner to to run this type of to run this type of D. Do Who you knows? think? I, I don't know. Do you think Thomas Graham could be brought up at any point in the season? Like they brought in a bunch I, of corners uh, this week. I have always wanted to see Thomas Graham from the fucking beginning. So I don't, I don't understand why he's not playing. But again, I'm not coaching. But that's that's been my guy since day one. But I've been wanting to see most out there, whether it's in the slot or outside. I mean, he 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 was hurt in the preseason, right? I mean, maybe he just went to the practice squad to to kind of get get seasoned. I don't know. Get something, get calloused a little bit or whatever uh, before they they bring him up um, into the, the the rotation. But I can't imagine him being much worse than. Then Christian or Shelley, I still don't understand why Duke Shelley didn't play, but he, like I said, wouldn't have been probably that much better. And, but again, like Christian, I think Christian mostly did his job. When you look at the like, I think uh, Brandon Robinson put a put a graphic up that kind of ran the the playback uh like as little like individual bubbles and and uh when you have Van Jefferson running across, Christian's with him the whole time until he passes him off to to uh gibson and gibson just stops and jefferson runs right by him and it's almost the same thing with the cup post is like uh uh vildor johnson's with him on the outside the whole time and then passes him off to the safeties and the safeties are just standing there like like nobody runs with them like nobody they just stand there and like that's not on Christian or the cornerbacks. I mean, maybe they were bad in the in the in the rest of the game, but that safety play was terrible, just terrible. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, I I have to say I'm I'm not I'm not pressing the panic button yet on the side. I'm going to give him a few more weeks. I I believe that the Bears are talent. They're talented enough back there to. To play well we'll see if it actually happens though 
I mean, the good news is Goldman practiced today in a limited fashion. So hopefully, you know, I mean, it's it's Wednesday, so he's got two more days to practice and hopefully we'll see him on Sunday. That'll make a difference. Uh, We definitely need Khalil Mack to take some something, take something that'll rev him up, man. Get his engine going. Maybe he needs a couple rip fuels or or something, but that boy needs some. He's a fire under his ass because it's just not. Not happening. Jay Rogers needs to get in that dude's ear. Jay Rogers isn't here anymore. Well, then he needs to come back. Is that with the Chargers? Yes, he is with the Chargers. That is the guy. That is the guy I wanted the Bears to hire as their D coordinator. Uh, But we ended up going with Desai, and Rogers left. Rogers was a damn good coach, man. He well, definitely was, is. And the, the thing about Rodgers is he was I'm pretty sure he used to coach QBs and stuff in college. So, like, he's well-versed in everything. And he somehow made his way to the NFL as a D-line coach and was outstanding for the Bears. But him and Staley were boys, and he got hired out there. So, unfortunate, but that's what happens. Well, we're about three quarters of the way through. We're, uh, well, we're getting getting near our time here tonight. Do we want to uh, make a little score predictions for this week's matchup against uh, the Bengals? Well, Joe, I do have to say you were the only one to beat the spread last week. You took the Rams at minus seven or minus seven and a half, and obviously they won by a few scores, so kudos to you on that. Uh, the Bears were uh, – I don't know. I didn't think they would lose that bad, and – Maybe, I mean, it wasn't as bad as the score indicates, but they were as sloppy as the score indicates, I guess you could say. Yeah, I've been thinking about my score for the last handful of, you know, since since, 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 since Sunday. Uh, the Bears are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and Luke, I'm with you. The, the Bears, it is a must-win game for the Bears, uh, but, you know, my confidence. To me, is, this is like a toss for sure. I think yeah, the Bengals it, and the Bears are probably pretty evenly matched talent-wise. My, my confidence talent-wise. is pretty low in Chicago um, at the moment. Uh, the Bengals put up it was twenty-seven, twenty-four in overtime against the Vikings this past week. Oh gosh, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the Bengals another win, and I'm gonna give the Bengals. Uh, I'm gonna give the Bengals a 24 to 20 win is what I'm gonna say, which sucks and it hurt breaks my heart. Uh, and I'm really I hate, I hate myself for saying that, but I'm trying to be as objective as possible. I'm gonna say 20 24 to 20 Bengals is my final score, and the Boo Birds will be out in full force. Chris, so Mr. Optimist. On FanDuel, the line is actually bears by one and a half. So it's going all right. We're going going down to the pig. It's going the it's basically a pick'em. Um over under is 44 and a half. So that means bears win what like 24, 23, or no, my math sucks. Uh whatever. 24-20. Yeah, but that's more points than the spread. Uh, so didn't you say it was 44? It's 44 and a half, but they're only one and a half point dogs, so that means it's a whatever. 
I, oh, mean, I, they, I see what you're they saying. They win by two points, basically. So they're, what is it, 24, 22? 23, 20, yeah, 23, 21. 21 or something like that. Yeah, so... Twenty-one seventeen. Bengals. Wow. It, it, like the the only the only difference. Oh. The only difference is if Fields plays. If Fields plays, flip that score. Like not ten, not set five fucking snaps or whatever. If he legit plays three quarters. Or even a half. If he comes out as the second half starter, then then the Bears can win this game handily. Uh, I, I I'm not scared of this Bengals defense. I am scared of this offense and what the those three elite wide receivers could do to this uh, secondary. But uh, if we can get to Burrow, which I think we we well, can. You see, my big thing about playing the Bengals is like when you play the Bengals, like the game plan we had last week that Matt Nagy executed. You're probably going to score more points on them. You're probably going to beat a team. Anytime you have almost 10 more minutes of possession than the other team, you're normally going to win that game. And I mean, obviously the Rams are a quick strike offense and you have Stafford who's, I mean, he's, he's Stafford. He's fucking good as shit. You're going to, you just can't play ball control versus a team like that. The Bengals who are not going to be, you know, as flawless on your mistakes more susceptible you can wear them down for sure i have a feeling the bears win this game in a close one like i said i just i, I don't they can't lose this i can't seriously if if matt Nagy manages to lose this game like there is going to be some major issues next week and, and maybe that happens but for whatever reason my gut is telling me that the bears will not lose this game and i'm going to say the bears will win 24 21 I don't, it's going to be a close one, I think. I don't know how the Bengals play. I mean, the like the reason the Bears were able to do what they did on offense is because the Bengals played that, you know, basically run it at us uh, defense. Which I don't know if the 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 uh, what am I saying? Yeah, you got it's okay. We know what you. Mean. Yeah, the if the Bengals play that same style of defense, they'll be able to do the same type of game plan. But I just don't see them doing that. I mean, the Bengals will probably be more aggressive. Uh, Zach Taylor is another one that you know he could have his job on the line, so he's going to be playing, you know, aggressive ball as well. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, is definitely better than Andy Dalton at this point, and he has a, a considerably better. Uh, you know, overall wide receivers with the number five pick overall, Jamar Chase, along with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, but I think one of those guys might have got banged up last week. But either way, uh, Joe Mixon is still a stud, um, even though he beats women in McDonald's uh, fast food restaurants. Uh, he's still a good football player. So uh, I, I this their offense versus our defense concerns me our offense versus pretty much any defense without Justin Fields concerns me. If the, if, if Nagy's not going to run the fucking ball, you know, 25 times. Does it make you feel any better that Joe Burrow had the worst deep ball in football last year? No. Worse than Trubisky? No. He, he seriously, he last year, he struggled a lot throwing over 10 yards. So he's also a rookie last year. Uh, I don't know. I get it. I mean, he, he honestly looked good overall, but 
mean, that's, and, like I said, that's the big thing. Like, and he had one of the worst offensive lines. So, like, how much are we putting on, you know, him being under pressure and just chucking it up when he threw it deep? I mean, I would like to see – you know, a little bit deeper analysis on that as far as like, give me his clean pocket deep ball numbers versus dirty pocket deep ball numbers. You know, I'm not asking you to like provide that off the top of your head, Lucas, but I mean, I think that when stats like that are thrown out there, there, I, I, I just prefer a little bit of context. And I think we have, you know, we can find that kind of stuff out, but I'm sure you could, but well, regardless, the line hasn't changed much. So that's why I'm saying the bears need to win this game up front. Like they absolutely do. You you have to make Joe Burrow. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but you have to make him scared of getting hurt again. Like you have to hit him that many fucking times in this game that he's going to be like, oh god, I you know give him fucking happy feet back there because that offensive line it's not good. They added one rookie, I think, the O line overall, and signed some mediocre free agents. Like you can absolutely dominate them. That's the Bears. Just the defense needs to step up here. We know how many snaps Travis Gibson got. Dude, I don't remember seeing him much out there at all. I don't remember seeing Tonga that much at all. Tonga was definitely out there. Honestly, the big guy in the he, I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't really. I was watching so many other things going on in that game, and I don't have the all twenty-two footage to go back. I was just crying the whole game. Because I felt like, oh gosh, our season is over already. I mean, Joe, a lot of your predictions were uh, pretty spot on from last week, so. I hate that. Hey, man, it's not bad to be uh, real about it, you know. I know, but I hate it. A little too much credit. He had seven, seven snaps. That's the other thing. The Rams only had... 52 plays, man. Yeah, because the defense just let him zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, so, Khalil Mack had 44 snaps. Uh, I mean, the whole secondary and Roquan played every snap. Um, Christian played 39. Nichols played 37. Why is... Oh, Robert Quinn played 33. Blackson played 22. Tonga only had 13. I was wrong. Yeah, I don't remember. D I, square? I seen him much. Damian Square. He's Who already got shit? picked up. Who the shit is Damian Square? Former Alabama player. Got, already got picked up by the Chiefs. Well, I mean, he or can't he just get picked up. up. Well, <laughs> he, we, relegated him to the, we relegated him back to the practice squad. And they signed him off the practice squad already. You know who I'm a little disappointed. Like I know he he must he must not have done that well. But that giant dude we brought in from the Steelers last year after Goldman got hurt, I thought that dude actually played pretty well. I don't even know where he is now. I can't even remember his name, so he must not be that good. At your mom's house. Oh, fat bastard. He, hey man, my mom could not handle that man. He's huge, and my mom is a small woman, so. Probably not. He's probably Understood. not there. He's probably not there, Joe. Un- Understood. Guy was like six seven, three fifty. I mean, good God. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I forget his name. So you guys are giving the Bears a loss. I hate wow. it. I hate it. I mean, how? Give me your prediction on. You know, does 
do you think Nagy tries to throw deep more versus the Bengals? And do you think Dalton just sucks at it? Or do you think he just does a lot of the same bullshit we saw last week where he tries to dink and dunk and scores two times max? Define deep. Air yards over what? 20. No. Over 20. No. No. I think we'll see more 15-yard plays, 15-yard shots. But, I, I mean, Dalton can't throw the ball that far accurately. And to Joe's point, Nagy won't try it. Yeah, I don't. I I think we're we're gonna stay in a box. I think we've seen what Matt Nagy will do for the last couple of years. I think he's gonna just relegate himself into a box again. So Dalvin Cook kind of got shut down last week, right? I mean, I mean, he still ended up in the end zone. I think he had. I don't. I feel like he was under four yards of carry though. Can we run on this Bengals team? I sure hope so. I really, I don't, I don't recall too many people who they have on that defense. To be honest with you, I just it's not great, but it's not I mean, the Vikings. Terrible. Still, the Vikings. I mean, obviously the Vikings have better weapons, but they still scored, you know, almost thirty points on them. So, honest, honest to God, I think the Bengals and the Bears are kind of. Pretty close. Pretty I agree with you. Luke. I definitely agree with you. Pretty similarly matched teams in different ways. Um, skill wise, overall skill wise, I think they're pretty close. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm giving the Bears the desperation factor this week, and that could work in in either manner. I mean, they could we they sure could are and play a good game, or they could just come out and say, "Fuck you, Matt Maggie, we're done playing for you." So we'll see. Uh, and I think after this week, we will know more than we know now about this Bears team and what they're capable of and kind of the future of Matt Nagy. Seriously, if they come out flat, I think that Nagy's going to lose the locker room. I think it's going to be as soon as next week. Two questions on that before we get go out. Number one, Ryan Pace is very strongly tied to Matt Nagy. So if he decides that it's time and he somehow, because the Brayers Brass apparently loves Ryan Pace, decides to try to talk them into firing Matt Nagy midseason, one, do you think they allow him to do it? And two, do you think they allow him to pick another coach like they did with the whole Trubisky and another quarterback situation? Uh, to answer your first question, I, I just, I don't, I don't think the bears will fire Nagy mid season. I think Nagy at least has this season to try and figure it out. That said, if all goes to shit with the team, I have this weird feeling that the Bears keep pace around and fire Nagy. And I was only I thought it was probably the other way, but I'm starting to feel like if Nagy's a dead man, I could see pace. For the reasons you said, I think the McCaskies really like him. And I I just have this weird feeling we'll keep him around to pick one more coach. Just like they got gave him the chance to do the QB. Um what's interesting is I I mean my whole thing is I, I've always wanted to see Pace go to like the president of operations role and hire a GM to actually run the Bears. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but 
Ryan Pace as like a manager building a new facility for the Bears and uh, I guess like his PR skills and just, you know, his input on building the defense I think is phenomenal. So I would I would really like to see Pace promoted in a way that fires him, if that makes sense. So he would get promoted to president, but he'd be fired from his GM duties and they bring someone else in under him kind of manage the Bears. I would be good with that if Champ Kelly was the new GM. Promote from within, because that guy's actually a very good talent evaluator. He's a great scout. Yeah. I mean, they've they've continued to move him up the ranks. Um, I wonder how that would work with the whole minority hiring thing. Because you get draft picks for that, right, or whatever. So if like they, if you hire from within, does that count? I honestly don't know. I don't know either, and I'm not looking to get draft picks. I just thought about it for a second. Uh, that would be interesting, I, and I wouldn't be against it. My so you know, going back to like the whole Arians thing or whatever. My understanding is when Pace first got the job, you know, they kind of pushed John Fox on him. Do you guys know who he wanted? No, I don't. Was was it Harbaugh? My understanding is he wanted Todd Bowles. And he got the Jets Uh, job. You know what? I I vaguely do remember that. But Todd Bowles as a head coach is kind of garbage. Why the Jets? The Jets organization is a, a, a train wreck. I, I don't know. He's I, they were solid under Bulls, considering what they had as talent, like talent wise. His GM was a shit show. Yeah, yeah, he definitely wasn't put in a great situation. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you just? You can't be hiring defensive head coaches anymore. I don't care if it's Brandon Staley or whoever it is, Vic Fangio, whatever. To me, it's just pointless. I, there's, there's kind of no use. In, I don't know. It's my opinion. I think it depends on what you allow him to be. You know, if you hire a Todd Bowles to be, like we talked about, a CEO-type head coach, and he brings – I don't know, say Byron left, which was him or whatever, which is a, a lateral move, but for uh, t- conversation's sake, you know, brings a good offensive mind and a good defensive mind. And he just kind of is an overseer, you know, kind of like John Fox says, he's not the offensive coordinator. He's not the defensive coordinator, but he coordinates all three or whatever. Uh, then that's more, you know, I think Bowles could be good in that role, but either way, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if the McCaskies allow. I think the McCaskies really like Pace. I think they potentially allow him to stick around, um, but I don't think they give him the president of football operations because you know. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. Ted Phillips. Isn't that what? Isn't that? Isn't that what the Broncos kind of did with uh, Elway? Isn't he like? Uh... They just hired a new GM. I'm pretty sure they kind of did something with LA where they moved him out of that GM role because he wasn't great at it. Mm, yeah, I don't think he's really involved. They're kind of pushing him out in a way. And he might have pushed himself out too. Uh, the other so a shitty GM. Can somebody explain to me like Peyton Manning's relationship with the Bears? Like, like I saw some interview thing where Manning was hanging out with Virginia McCaskey. 
And I know everybody wants to have, you know, Peyton Manning be in the front office somehow. What the fuck ties does he have to the Bears? Uh, didn't he get baptized in the roast beef juice for opening night two years ago? <laughs> yes, he did. They dunked him in there like this. And he came out without you on. I mean, he beat us in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the only ties I know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. But. Now, the the hot GM name, what well, the name that people have been wanting to see for a while, is the uh, is Lewis Riddick, and that's I've always kind of wondered why. What I don't Could really you sound understand. Good on TV? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Am I missing something here, Chris? Like, Lou, Lou I like Riddick Lewis Riddick a lot. He loves the Bears and he loves Nagy, but like, I don't know why people want to see him as a GM so bad. Well, it's it's the Mayock effect, like Joe said. You sound good on TV, and and that's who people I see. Think he was. He, he was. was. He was. The, uh, he was in Philadelphia organization. No, they, he was in the Eagles organization for years and wasn't wasn't they weren't great. You know, under uh, not, I mean, he wasn't a GM, but he was like pretty high up there, like director of college scouting or whatever. And it wasn't great. Did but, he work? I mean, did he did did he work with Nagy there? Uh, I believe they they cross over somehow, but yeah, that's that's the other concern is if they, there's no way they fire Pace. Hush. In my opinion, like I think the McCaskies are way more tied to Pace than they are to Nagy. Me too. Um, I'm kind of feeling like that, and you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even totally mad about it because if the Bears' defense does take a shit, but they finally get Fields right, Pace is the one dude I trust to get the defense where it needs to be to be relevant for the next generation. So, here's my favorite thing about Pace in this this year is, oh, he's you know he's he's fucking ruining the 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 roster and he's spent all this stupid money and he's wasted all these draft picks and blah, blah, blah. And then people turn around and just jerk off Justin Fields. It's like, Hey, guess what? The same guy that did all that other shit got you Justin Fields. So everybody has their downsides, you know, nobody's going to be perfect. Yeah. The Robert Quinn thing was stupid. Danny Trevathan was probably stupid. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Kyle Fuller, Leno, whatever, all those contracts are probably not great, but there is definitely been some hits in the talent department. And like you said, he completely revamped Hallis hall. He ended up getting Justin Fields for a pretty good trade. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a it wasn't the Mitch trade. Uh, so guess what, man, Ryan pace ain't, ain't all, ain't all bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind pace, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm at my end with Nagy. So, if it keeps getting bad, we'll have to talk about some O coordinators we might want to see in Chicago. That's uh, probably a conversation for another night. I never no. want the enemy. No, 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 because I'm tired of the reed tree. And apparently he wants the USC job. That's what he said. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I, I get it. Think Greg, I personally think Greg Roman is the guy for Justin Fields, but conversation for another day. Can you imagine if Lamar Jackson, I mean, a.k.a. Justin Fields, could actually throw the fucking ball? Whew. Yeah. I mean, well, look what he did when he had Kaepernick. Kaepernick was sick. 
And Kaepernick wasn't nearly as talented as Fields is. No. That's true. So. That's true. I'll take it. That guy runs a good offense for mobile QBs, that's for sure. And he can run the damn ball. He always runs, like, he always leads the league in rushing. So. I mean, I. uh, That's it. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. If he's from that same style of. Yeah, I'll take him or any type of, you know, Kubiak, Shanahan, stretch zone, play action, rollout. Shit that we've been, should have been running for years. That Mitch should have ran, that when they did run it, he did well. What's going to happen is if Nagy ends up, do, if they do end up pulling the trigger on Nagy and lasers the play caller for the rest of the year and field starts, that offense is going to look good. I'm a I'll yeah, call. I'll sure. call my shot if that's if that's if Laser ends up being the main play caller, and he runs that same shit that he ran with Mitch last year. They're gonna look fucking phenomenal. You know, you know what would be the ultimate Bears move, and we'll wrap it up after this. The Bears hiring Doug Peterson next year. Uh, Dougie P, basically <laughs> Philadelphia Nagy. I'm gonna Not mute you. You're, you're gonna get muted for that. I'm gonna block you on Facebook for that one. <laughs> Fucker. I mean, Twitter, Facebook. What the fuck? <laughs> you got me so twisted. I said the wrong social media. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the Believe in Monsters podcast. We still we still do believe around here. Joseph, I'm not the song. yes, you are. I'm not singing. No, I'm singing. The we, we only we only sing when we win. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with your might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And I don't know why you're wearing the crown. You're the disdain and hate of <laughs> Illinois. Let us know while you're making us frown. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Bear down. Don't yeah, make us take it any sadder yeah. next week because it'll only get sadder. That was the best lyric change on the planet right there. Disdain and frown. Those were great. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.